The following message is presented by First Baptist Church in Manny, Louisiana. For more information, go to the website www.fbcmany.org. Now the message. All right, good morning. Will you pray with me? Father, I thank you for this time together, how you've blessed us with a, a time of remembering that you have given us freedom in this location we live on this earth. A freedom to make choices and to, and to live, um, to honor you with our lives. And Father, freedom to, uh, to, to live in a way that we can worship you in any place, any location without any kind of opposition, Father. But we know that that freedom is being threatened daily. We know that there are those that want to take that away. And Father, we pray that you would be honored in the way we behave and act as we contend for the gospel in this country. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. It's been a few weeks since I've been with you, about four, and I feel like I spent all of them in New Orleans. Um, I had two straight weeks of meetings down there. And um, I, I want to tell you, I mean, even though that, that's a place where my kids actually live down there and were there fairly often, uh, it's, it's not a fun place for me. The restaurants are great, but I can't eat anything. So you can't enjoy the fullness of what they had to offer there. And I want to tell you that when you come up to a stop sign or a red light, that is not a law. That is a suggestion for them. You don't have to just look both ways. You got to look 360 all the time to make sure that you're, you're safe. Uh, it, it surprises me. It really, it almost angers me that people don't obey traffic laws. Now, it's okay if I don't obey them. Or if I happen to slip and drive a little too, whatever. You, you know, it's, it, it's, I can set the rule for myself, but when someone else does that, when someone else disobeys a law, it's difficult for us to deal with that. And uh, I'm right in there with you. If you get mad, I'm kind of right in there with you. Somebody runs a red light right in front of me. I'm thinking, what in the world are you doing? You just put my life at risk, everybody in my car at risk, all those around us at risk, and not to mention your life at risk. So uh, if I had a soapbox to stand on today about freedom and laws, that might be the one that's bothering me the most because I just got out of it. Freedom is, a, is a, what we're going to talk about today from Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. And while you get there, I, I want to tell you, I, I have, we know we, I work, if you don't have it, if I, you weren't here before when I was preaching. Uh, I serve as the state Baptist Collegiate Ministry Director. I've done that for uh, over 30 years. And uh, God is, has really blessed us and given us lots of, of opportunities to influence lives. We have these traveling vacation Bible school teams that are out all summer. Uh, I think this week we've had one in um, Franklinton and one in Delcom and one in Buffalo, Wyoming. Now, the one that's in Buffalo, Wyoming, is at a church that I'm good, I'm good friends with most of the, the folks that are members of that church, and um, I've been friends with them for a long, long time. When you're there in that town, you're, it's as if you're in some idealistic setting that doesn't exist anymore. Patriotism like this is pretty much everyday fair in Buffalo, Wyoming. It's very, uh, very conservative, very... Um, uh, family-oriented, and also a very tough place to live about nine months a year. It's very cold. These, these, they're, uh, these folks are very proud of the place they live. The students that at that location left 
Friday and drove. They had got a weekend off. They have from today till Monday. They started another vacation Bible school just outside of Cody, Wyoming, in a town uh, I think it's called Powell. They're in Powell, Wyoming. But on the way there, they travel across um, the northern part of the state, a little bit into Montana, over to get to their location. And in the course of that, they stop at a canyon state park that's right there uh, on the border. And in that uh, park, there are wild horses. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen wild horses literally in the in the wild, set free to live the way that they want to live. They, um, It is a beautiful sight to see. In that park, you might see uh, bighorn sheep. You might see uh, uh, possibly a bear could come out. There's coyotes for sure, and there's these horses. Now, we, Karen and I traveled that. We've done that road probably three to four or five times maybe. We've traveled through there, and uh, we liked to go into that canyon to see those horses. They live a life of freedom. Now, it's a, it's a, we see the idealistic uh, nature of how they live, and it really is uh, admirable to us. We, we, we long for that, that we, that we would live a life of that kind of freedom. But those horses have restrictions too. Three times ago when we visited there, we came around a corner uh, by, by the lake that's on the, in that park, and there was a horse standing in the middle of the road. And he had gotten out of the barrier that holds those horses off the main highway, and a car had hit him. And he was very, he was struggling to get, didn't know where to go. It was a sheer wall on one side and a cliff on the other side. And he couldn't get out of that. And where there wasn't wall or cliff, there was fence. And he was caught trying to get free again. That's a whole lot about what we're going to talk about in scripture today. The apostle Paul is speaking to, teaching people that have been caught up and trapped in sin. Away from God, not knowing Him, far from Him, speaking to the Gentiles. And as uh, He speaks to them, they're dealing with an issue in that church where there are people that want to make them good Jewish people first before they can become good Christians. They are uh, these leaders that are speaking in that church, that are trying to influence that church, are telling them that they need to obey the law in order to be saved. Now, if you're at a Baptist church, that should make you bristle a little bit. That you know that we have been delivered from that by Christ. We have freedom from sin and also freedom from the law. Let's go to Galatians chapter 5. Chapter 5, verse 1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, then and do not let yourselves be burdened Again, by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, which was the issue of the day that they were imposing on the Gentiles, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the law. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. The folks are, he's, are try, they're trying to drag those new converts, those people who are following Christ into a trap of legalism. I try to explain this passage often to people, uh, in, when you're discipling people in faith and young, young believers, this is an important passage for them to get to know. 
It's a lot, this passage teaches us to live a lot like the gravel road that I grew up on. I don't know if any of you grew up on gravel roads. Gravel roads were much more common back in those days than they are today. Uh, uh, thank goodness they're, they're, they're going away. I love paved roads much more. But we lived on a pea gravel road. Now, I don't know if you know what a pea gravel road is. A, a better road is the, the white rock that kind of packs in and it's, it doesn't move out of place when cars go up and down it or when it rains. But we lived in a very dry place. And in that dry place, pea gravel, uh, well, was okay. It sufficed for the day. But when a car traveled on this, on this road, it would push the, the gravel out to the sides and you'd get ruts right in the middle of the road. It was a precarious way to travel. Not wide enough for two cars. So to get to this place where I lived, you would drive down this pea gravel road and on each side you would have a ditch. Now, uh, I think we called them bar ditches at the time. I'm not sure where that even came from, but we had ditches on both sides, about three feet deep. Then uh, rain would get in them about two days a year. But these deep ditches on the side were difficult. If you got off in that ditch, you would be in trouble. You couldn't get out of it easy. If a car came and you were going to pass them, you had to gently and kind of gingerly pull over, and the two of you passed real slowly to get on down the road. Now, this is what the people of of Galatia are dealing with. They're dealing with getting down the road without getting in the ditch. And these two ditches they are dealing with, on one side is legalism. Legalism that if you obey these laws and if you do these particular things, in addition to believing in Jesus, then you're going to be okay. And the ditch on the other side is liberty. And not the kind of liberty we celebrated today, of freedom from uh, oppression, but a liberty that uh, pushes them into living in sin without law. Now, I, I think you would agree with me, laws are good. Laws in our culture are good. It's good to have that stoplight, good to have that red light, good to say that thou shalt not kill, good to say that thou shalt not steal. That is a good thing that keeps people, gives people parameters gives them barriers from getting into the ditch and living in a liberty that leads to death, a liberty that leads to destruction. So Paul is trying to teach those folks to keep their life on the right road, the main road. Along comes these these uh, influencers in the group that tells them that you, you're going to have to be circumcised, you're going to have to live according to the law, and it's distracting them. It is uh, causing them to stumble. Jean-Jacques Rousseau in the 18th century said this, he's a French philosopher, man is born free and everywhere he is in chains. And these chains are oppressive societal rules that restrict what we can physically do. Now I know the spirit of that particular quote would be that leaning toward the side of liberty, leaning toward the side of being um, set free with no no parameters, no laws in your life. But there are but the oppressive social rules or the oppressive non-biblical church type, religious type rule is a ditch that you can fall into as well. Verse five. For through the Spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith 
expressing itself through love. He's saying to them, if you are are Jews that have come to the church and you're born again and you've accepted Christ, then and you have been circumcised, then that is fine. But if you are a Gentile that is coming into the body of Christ and you have not had that part of your life, that is okay because you live in freedom in Jesus. And then he gives uh, an underscore of what's important. This video that you saw at the first of the service is a perfect example of this text. It's, it says this, faith expressing itself through love is what counts. It takes love for adults to stay up here at night and uh, and to teach children that are some of their own and some are not their own and to keep them from getting snow cone juice on, on uh, pews or tables or whatever they might be doing. It's a lot of work. It's an act of love. And that act of love is faith expressing itself the way it's intended to be. Verse 7. You're running a good race. You are running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? I preached at a homecoming last week. Uh, there was a, a man that was a deacon there. I, I can't tell you how many years. If I said 40 years, I wouldn't be far off. He was there a long time. He was famous in the community. And he was a little small man, about five foot, probably five foot three or four. Probably, if he weighed 120 pounds, that was on a good day. Little bitty guy. And he coached uh, high school track most of his life. And the first time I met him, he, um, he wanted to talk to me about what sports that I played in high school. And I was 50 years old at the time, and I thought, I'm not sure I even looked like I did play any sports in high school. But I told him what I did, and I ran track, and um, I ran the mile relay, and I ran the, 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 the quarter mile, was it the 440 relay? I, I was on those teams. And um, he, he, boy, he wanted to know my time. What was your time? And every, every time I'd see him for years after that, he'd bring up that particular time that I ran in high school. He loved it. He loved it. He reminded, every time when I was back at this church, I was reminded of him. He's passed away, and, uh, and, he, and people spoke fondly and, and warmly of him when we were there. Um, I was reminded of the reason that I ran the mile relay in the 440. It's because in the other races I started out running, uh, you, you, was, you would have your lane, and there was a time... Because it was such a long race that you didn't stay in your lane, you cut over and you got in. Everybody tried to get in the inside lane so they could be a little bit faster. You're a little bit slower on the outside because you're running further. On the inside, you're, you're a little bit faster. And it was very irritating to try to get into that lane and someone step right in front of you. I've had people step on my heels before with spikes. I probably have stepped on people's heels with spikes before, and it disrupted the race. Paul is using that illustration to say that someone has stepped in here and told you a rule that is not necessary for you to be a follower of Christ and and telling you that you have to live by that rule in order to live in grace, and they've caused you to stumble in the race. Who's caused you to stumble? You were running a good race. You were doing well. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast 
works through the whole batch of dough. You know, I um, have not baked a whole lot. I couldn't tell you much about how yeast works, how it works through dough. But I do know how apples work. And if you pile a pile of apples up in a bowl and one of them has a bad spot on it and it's a little bit ripe, it doesn't take long for that one apple to affect the rest of the apples. They start to ripen too fast and to rot. Legalism in a church, legalism in the body of Christ is like that. One gets started and then another one and then another one. And before you know it, you're piled on with a heap of things to carry that don't look like Christ. Verse 10. I am confident in the Lord that you will make, you will take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion, whoever that may be, will have to pay the penalty. Brothers and sisters, if I am preaching circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. As for those agitators, I wish that they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves. Paul is speaking harshly against those people causing them to stumble. He's saying very strong words about the violators of that. Verse 13. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. You were called to be free. I do like patriotic services. There's a vein of thought in the church that if you're doing this patriotic type of of, uh, service, then you're doing a disservice to Jesus. It's taking away, they believe that you're taking away from the teaching that you have been set free in Christ and living in Christ is is more important than worshiping a nation or that um, we're world citizens and world citizens uh, should see uh, that God is God of everybody, not just America. That's the kind of conversations they have. That's that vein of thought. The reason I like this is because every year you get to stand in front of people and say, Jesus has set you free. And this is just an example of it. He set you free. If you have Christ in your heart and you belong to him, you've been set free from the law. Not only have you been set free from the law, you've been set free from the chains of sin. Verse 16. So I say, walk by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So that's that other ditch. The desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit. And the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. And they are in conflict with each other. So that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit. You are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. And he's going to list out a list here. We'll get to that in just a minute. There are people who live and say that they are believers in Christ, but they have no evidence of it. They live in a way that they have gotten into the ditch of liberty. That I will live this way because I know that I have been forgiven. They used to call it in uh, the Baptist church a long time ago, fire insurance. I have my fire insurance. I've got a belief in Jesus. I know that I'm going to make it into into heaven instead of the hell. So I'm going to live as close to hell as I can while I'm on earth. That's liberty. And he's going to list out some of those things that people do that 
are, are compromises that make them look like they are not believers at all. He's, these are the acts of the flesh. Sexual immorality. Impurity. Debauchery. I told you I spent two weeks in New Orleans. Not enough to say, I, I don't need to say any more about that. There's a celebration of that there. In that culture. Idolatry and witchcraft. Hatred and discord. Jealousy. Fits of rage. Selfish ambition. I probably find myself in the midst of people with selfish ambition more than anything else. People that want to get ahead, that want to gain something, want to get more of, better than, they want to get where they, they just get all they can get. If that's trucks, or boats, or houses, or whatever it might be, they want more. They want more. They have this selfish ambition to get ahead. Probably the crowd that I'm around the most is want that selfish ambition to get more power, to get more authority, maybe get a bigger church, maybe go to a better place, maybe have a title by your name. Now, I feel like I'm speaking to me when I say that because I have a title by my name. I've had a title by my name for like 20-something years. That is a very difficult-to-attain title. And this is how I, I, I deal with that with people. When they talk about calling and authority and all that, I say, the Lord could have called anybody to do what I'm doing. He could have picked anybody. He just picked me. Whatever reason it was, he picked me to do that. And uh, I know why I'm here. It's because he did it. He did it. And he did it for his purposes. And then there's going to be a day when he says, I'm done with you. Let's get somebody else to do this. If you understand your position that you are a vessel of, of the Lord to do his work and his service, then you understand um, selfish ambition is not part of your life. Dissensions. Verse 20. Selfish ambition and dissensions. Factions. This church is dealing with factions very, very heavily. This Galatian church was struggling with this liberty versus license. Envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. This liberty group that's over here that says that they belong to Jesus, but they're living this life that is compromised, good chance they don't have Jesus. Good chance they have a name. In collegiate ministry, we give about, give out a lot of T-shirts. In the last week, I don't I, two weeks, I don't know how many T-shirts I've given out to people for events. So many. When I was at Florida State University as the collegiate leader there, uh, we gave out between 750 and a thousand free T-shirts every year. Now that's a lot of shirts with your name on it. It's a lot of money, and it's a lot of advertising. Now we. Hope that those shirts stayed in the hands of people that lived like they loved Jesus. And probably one of the more difficult things I, I see is when I've, I've gone to a, a, some event and I see somebody that happened to find a BCM t-shirt at a, at a thrift store somewhere and bought it and they're over there, uh, partying hard. They may wear the name 
of our organization, but they have no idea what it means to be part of that organization. There are people who wear the name of Jesus in some way, some form, with a bumper sticker or a Bible on their table or a uh, family uh, assent to the fact that there is a God. or some, some way they have this Christian label, but they don't belong to him. They don't know him. Because if you know him and you live for him and you under, you've studied his word and you've struggled along with the church to learn what it means to live in liberty, then you are walking in the middle of this road that is between legalism and liberty. Now, a better word over here is probably license. They have a license to sin. Because they have this belief that they are this thought that Jesus is in their life, but I'm going to live how I want to live. Right in the middle of the road, there's a balance. By trusting the Spirit to lead you to make decisions, to lead you to make choices, to say words that honor God and love people. Now, after he's given these hard words, he's going to give some good words. We're going to wrap it up with the good words. But the fruit of the Spirit, that's somebody who lives in Jesus, is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Most times when I read this, there's somebody singing that little song that goes along with that in the crowd. They've got it memorized. The fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, forbearance. Forgiveness, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against these things, there is no law. Verse 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit so that uh, let us not become conceited and provoking and envying each other. You know, when I look at this passage and think about what it means to walk in the Lord and walk in the Spirit, I think of three types of freedom. The first one is freedom from. Freedom from. I have freedom from the bondage that held me before I found Jesus. I have freedom from that because of Jesus. And I have freedom too. And that's freedom to serve Him. Freedom to walk with uh, with other believers and, and live according to His Word. And the last is that freedom to be. What you are now in Jesus is not the end of the story. Now, I, I think that I might be in the mix of age of most of us here. And there comes a time you start thinking, you know, I got this much time left. I got about that much time left on the earth before I go home to be the Lord. In that time, well, there's a couple of ways to look at it. I'm just going to ride it out. I'm just going to do the best I can to get through here. But there's some folks in that period of life, they say, I just want to get closer to Jesus. I just want to know him better. It's a blessing to be a believer in the Lord a long, long time because you've had opportunities to see him work in your life more than others. Freedom to be. 
If you're here and you're five years old, you got freedom to be what God created you to be. You're here and you're 85, you have got freedom to be what God created you to be. In the deepest sense, freedom is a gift of God because we can't liberate ourselves. We can't get free. Pretty often I get a a call from my dad about cows that got out. And they don't get, they're not his cows getting out anymore. They're the neighbor's cows getting out and getting in his yard. And he uh, doesn't like it. You know what he doesn't like more? He doesn't like it when they get in the garden. He called me last week. Two bulls had been in his garden in the last week. And uh, they didn't walk around the watermelons. They stepped on them. And he has electric fence around it, but he didn't have it turned on. Didn't do him any good that day. I remember cows that would get out. Sometimes they would get caught in fences and couldn't get free. And they'd be just struggling and fighting and kicking until they were exhausted. Sometimes they're even on the ground. You have to get over there with a pair of pliers and wire cutters and cut them out and let them get free. And suddenly they would have life. They would spring up and run off. It's the way I want to live in Jesus. It's with life. As if I'd just been cut loose in him. We can't liberate ourselves from uh, our illusions of what we ought to be because what we ought to be is servants of God and he gives us that vision. We can't liberate ourselves from our past mistakes because he does that. He liberates us from our past mistakes we can't liberate ourselves from anger or hate or greed because it gets control of us but jesus can set you free from that you can't liberate yourselves from the judgment of other people they're going to judge you can't do anything about it they're going to judge how you wear how you dress how you talk what you say they're going to judge what you own they're going to judge how you raise your kids People just like to do it. In their sinful state, they love to judge. And you can't be set free from that by anything you can do yourself. You can only be set free by trusting in the Lord that you are everything you need to be in Him. Jesus will set you free from that. I heard the mention earlier of John eight thirty two. When you know Jesus, you know the truth. When you know him, you know the truth. And the truth will set you free. This freedom is just a glimpse of the freedom you have in Jesus. That freedom is eternal. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this church that uh, celebrates what you have gifted us with. This ability to, to be, to walk in freedom and to worship and to, to sing and to, and to tell people about Christ without fear of reprisal. And Father, we, I thank you for that. But much more what you say through Paul in the book of Galatians that we have been set free in Jesus from the law. And we've been set free from the entanglement of sin. And to follow Jesus, to trust him, to, to pray and, and, and give each thing we deal with every day over to him, Father, is a blessing. There may be someone right now that's listening on the radio or in this room or what, 
on Facebook, Father, that is tangled up in sin or tangled up in legalism. And Father, I pray that you would cut them loose and set them free. And they could trust you. Father, we give all this to you today in the name of Christ and for his sake. Amen. The preceding message was presented by First Baptist Church in Manny, Louisiana. For more information about a relationship with Jesus Christ or about the church, including contact information, go to the website www.fbcmany.org. Thank you for listening, and may God bless you.